0: Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you're listening to Growing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Ooh, boom shakalaka. And now here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison, ooh, boom shakalaka.
2: And today we have a special guest. Kazim Bam What's up, bruh?
3: Yo, what's going on, people? How y'all living, man? Y'all good? I'm good, man. I was
2: stressed. I didn't want to mess up your mess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I, I grew up like I'm it's funny that this podcast is called Growing Up the Same. And I feel like every Nigerian who listens to this is gonna feel me on this one. Like the 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 pressure or the sort of like uh the, the way you hold your breath and people pronounce your last name <laughs> and just knowing how it's gonna get butchered, uh, is a pain we all share, but you killed it. You you're we're in better shape now. It used to be way worse. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> racism if they don't get it right anyway. We ain't,
2: we ain't accepting. We ain't taking no L's. No, say nah. my real shit. No, <laughs> no.
3: Nah. Fuck that. I ain't Americanizing nothing. <laughs> Let me try not to butcher this shit
1: right here. Okay. Um, hmm. Hazim Famuide is a creative executive of audio for the Spring Hill Company, the co-host of MSG Networks msgpm and the say less podcast and now
3: it's time for the one or the two with j skills
1: the stashed or the source
3: oof uh source i'll say the source because it's uh you know as as many uh as many crazy things that you hear about it like it's still a historical place and it gave me my start and i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't have had the the, the energy to try and start stash if it wasn't for my experience at the source so uh i will go source dr umar
1: or kevin samuels
3: <laughs> uh damn i'm going to go dr umar bro like kevin samuels he's more uh he's very um entertainingly like he's more entertaining than he is like oh i like listen to like you know uh right. kevin samuels and Dr. Umar are, like, two examples of, like, a broken clock being, like, right twice a day. Right. And I right. think Dr. Umar gets more 12 o'clocks than, than, than Kevin Samuels to me. So that's, that's what right.
1: I'm on. <laughs> Melinda Gates or Mackenzie Bezos?
3: Oof. Oof. Uh, I'm going to go Melinda Gates. You know what I mean? I feel like she's still a little bit more raw. You know, like it still hasn't really settled in that she's a single gal right now. So I'm a. i <laughs> am I think Melinda Gates is is probably more fun at this point. I think you know Bezos is already worn off. She's like you know in her single bag for a while. So she's probably already uh, uh annoying at this point. So I'm gonna go Gates. <laughs> Derek Rose or Julius Randle? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um. I'm going to go I'm going to go Derrick Rose simply because not not to take anything away from Julius Randle, a.k.a. Drew Shiesty, a.k.a. The Corro Larry Bird. Um, he's doing his thing and he should be in the MVP conversation. But the Derek Rose story is just so dope because, you know, on top of him being a former MVP, it feels like for the longest. T- this is probably the most significant basketball he's played since he was in Chicago and uh that's really tight man because he was he's a special dude and he's got that sort of aura you know what i mean i feel like every every good nba team has to do with that aura where it's like they might not be like the best player but like mm-hmm. when carmelo walks in for the blazers it's like yo that's still mellow you know yeah. what i mean and derrick rose got that same aura uh for the knicks where it's like all right, he may not be the MVP no more, but like I grew up watching this dude who mixtape. Like i I grew up watching this dude, you know what I mean, in, in commercials with Kobe for two K. Like Derek Rose is a yeah. legend in my eyes, bro. So I, I gotta, I gotta, gotta respect that dude. Got to.
1: WWF or WWE?
3: whoo man i'm i don't want to do the old head thing and just be like oh man wwf was better back in the day but i'm gonna go wwe i'm gonna go wwe because that's when everybody started really getting to that money and uh (laughs) as as fun as wwf was they had to change up for a reason it was the wild wild west back then so i'm gonna go wwe i'm gonna go wwe raw or smackdown Oh, SmackDown by far. SmackDown's always been the black man show. Coined by a black man doing the Rock Johnson. <laughs> so I'm never gonna I'm never gonna go 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 raw for SmackDown. SmackDown for sure.
1: Hell in Cell or the Montreal Screwjob? Job?
3: Woo! uh no, we say hell in the cell, we talk about the OG hell in the cell when Mick Foley got oh, tossed off. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, we know, yeah. yeah, we go, we go with the hell in the cell, bro. That is the wrestling version of like Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line, bro. Like oh, <laughs> for, the, for the rest of time, no matter when you see any highlights of wrestling, you will see, you know, Mick Foley getting tossed by the undertaker off that cell. So I gotta go there. Got to.
1: Bieber Valley or Max Bigavelli? <laughs>
3: definitely Bieber Valley bro I'm sorry I'm I've been a day one believer for a minute and his uh his uh <laughs> his descent into what I will call um uh n-word hood is hilarious to me every <laughs> yeah. single time around like not even in a not even in a hypocritical way like it's just his his, uh, his evolution is like hilarious that even going the way he started to basically right becoming here. the tupac of his time like it's fantastic <laughs> uh
1: graduation or my beautiful dark twist of fantasy
3: oh man graduation didn't really age that well to me bro like I, i'll keep it honest i used to love me some graduation love it and like the older i get i'm like eh, it's all right but my right. beautiful dark twist of fantasy still slaps to the high heaven so definitely definitely that
1: um nwo or dx
3: Oh, for sure DX. For sure, for sure, DX. I mean, NWO before it got stepped on, like before the dope was stepped on was was ill when it was like just Hall Nash, Hogan Savage coming out with Dennis Robin, you know what I mean? Bruce Buffer calling him mm-hmm. to the ring and like spending Ted Turner's money to the to the cows came home. Like that that was my NWO. Once they started adding everybody and a mama to the group, that's when it got like super trash. But yeah. uh DX. DX managed to keep, like, a, a, a level of, of exclusivity to themselves that still makes them pretty cool to me. So, I'm going to go DX.
1: The catch rule in football or the carry rule in NBA?
3: <laughs> um, I'm going to say the catch rule is probably worse, you know what I mean? Because at least the carry rule, you get some fun highlights out of it. You know what right. I mean? Nobody likes the catch rule. Like, the catch rule is just people just yelling and screaming at each other as long as they possibly can, but. Uh, the carry rule, at least you you could end up on on ball's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You can still get some, still get some followers off of off of some carries. You ain't get no followers off of uh, a bobble catch. So right,
1: the Carter two or the
3: Carter three? Carter two, Carter two by far. Uh, that was the album that like I fell in love with Wayne music too. Right, like I, I, the buzz was there, like mm-hmm. far as mixtapes is concerned. But once Carter two dropped, I was like, oh nah, he's the true. It's yeah, true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hennessy or Duse?
3: Ooh, man. Damn. I definitely, well they I ain't getting I ain't getting no checks from either of them as of late. So, <laughs> honestly, neither. Like it is <laughs> I am I am washed, bro. Like either one of them joints put me out for at least 3 or 4 days now. So, I'm oh. gonna I'm a go neither. I think I think Hennessy was Hennessy was for its time when I was young and rambunctious and do say, I tried to class myself up and I just realized both of them put me out for two days or three days. So right. <laughs> I'm going to go neither. Currency or whiz? Oh man. I was just listening to some whiz like not even five minutes ago, like right before I, I did this call. i I'll throw on um, only nigger in first class, like for, uh, which I haven't heard in a minute, but there was some slappers on there, man. It's a good vibe out album. Like, you know, the first, like, six or seven records are official. So, yeah, Wiz. Uh,
1: Francis Ngannou or
3: Israel Adesanya? Oh, you know I got to go. My brother, the style bender, Izzy Adesanya. Yeah. I feel like, the you know, he just got the whole package, bro. Like, he, he touches so many levels of what makes, like, a starfighter. On top of him mm-hmm. being, like, Nigerian. On top of him just being, like, hella cool and having, like, a weird sort of front row seat to, like, his rise into, like superstar status um is really tight man and uh you know i think he's he's uh he's the not even the future of that company he's the present yeah
1: the commission album we never got or the crs album we never got
3: uh uh, uh, damn well the commission album we didn't get for obvious reasons right the crs album just people just being like you know the hell with y'all. Y'all it. <laughs> You know, like they're all still alive and breathing, so they should get to that eventually. But I'm gonna go with the commission album just because you know the reasons why we couldn't get it.
1: Right, uh, platinum Chanel or
3: 1997. Ooh man, uh, platinum Chanel. I'm
1: gonna go platinum Chanel. ASAP Mob or Wu
3: Tang Clan. Oh, Wu Tang clan, man. Come on, bro. Like <laughs> gotta go Wu Tang. Gotta go Wu Tang. I I I as much as I love the ASAP Moth movement, mm-hmm. I don't really bang a lot of them albums like <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think for and Ferg low the hottest out of all of them, and it's usually because he got three, four bangers per album. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But Wu Tang, I mean, yeah, come on. I'm standing out the bro. That is the the royalty in my eyes. So gotta go Wu Tang.
1: Mark Jackson's, with all due respect, for Birdman, put some
4: respect to <laughs> my name.
3: Uh, yo, definitely, uh, Mark Jackson's, with all due respect, <laughs> <laughs> just because that was the con- the context to this day. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, who, like, what was, what? There's no reason I should have ever been prompted, and, and for that. <laughs> It makes it that Good. much more of a classic commentary moment. Hit that so. out the park respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, though. Hey, the, he's the originator, bro. Like,
2: come
3: on.
1: Respectfully, family.
3: No, he knew the whole world was watching that, bro. This game, one of the finals, like, where is your mind at, my G? What are we doing? How long had
1: he been thinking that before he wanted it? <laughs> oh, Southern.
3: man. I know, I know there's a perfectly logical explanation for why he said what he said, but... <laughs> It does not matter. Context does not matter. With jokes over facts forever. (laughs) Forever.
1: Uh, Turtle or Proctor?
3: Ah, Turtle, bro. Come on, man. Uh, Jerry's my guy. But, uh, you know, power. Entourage just hit different. Entourage is like junk food, bro. After every episode, you know, everything was going to be all right. The homies going to make it. You know (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna get the girl. Vince is gonna get the big part. They're gonna make some bread over it. Like it was the perfect thirty minute show, just mindless. Turn it on. It's gonna make you feel good. It'll be happy at the end of it. So definitely, and turtles at the circle of that. So definitely, definitely turtles.
1: Bitcoin or Dogecoin.
3: You 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 maybe want to go check my Robinhood real quick. So let me check the, the answer. The answer will depend on exactly what my Dogecoin is here for right now. Yeah, not for real. Uh, Doge Dogecoin for sure because it's so American, bro. It's it's a joke money, and it's like yeah. uh everyone writing it off like, oh, it's a joke. There's no way it'll it'll do well. And I'm like, look who our president just was. This is exactly why it'll do well. <laughs> I'll like, put, put a couple racks in there and I've been happy as hell this week. So, yeah, buy that dip too.
1: Jokic <laughs> or Embiid?
0: Man.
3: Man. Jokic put the beats on my next
0: other night, bro.
3: Like I was, I was a witness to that first quarter. I was like, man... I know I was. I was. Y'all talking, thought it was sweet. I was talking was sweet after crazy. I know. Yo, them 13 out of 14. I was talking crazy. And the Joker said, yo, hold up. <laughs> some of this in the first quarter. So I got to go to Joker, bro. Like, I, say what you want about aesthetics and, you know, not looking the part, but that dude is the truth. I'm sorry for all the, all the Julius. Julius had a great season. But yo, know, there was definitely levels, and the Joker Joker showed it off that night for
1: sure. Joe Button or Gilly the Kid? Oh,
3: man, ah, uh, man, I'm gonna go Joe. I'm gonna go Joe, only because uh, you know Joe's fam. Um, you know he's uh, you know he's always been super supportive, and you know Rory's my guy, and. Uh, I like low-key like Wallow more than uh, Gilly. Anyway, (laughs) so I'm going to go Joe.
1: Um, Grits and Biscuits
3: or South by Southwest? Oh, man. Man. I'm going to go Grits. I'm going to go Grits, bro. South by – the early South by days can never be replicated, bro. Like, the early South by days are something – legendary that you know we might not ever see again but grits and biscuits bro uh love those guys love the slates you know what i mean that's just that's culture in new york bro like you you go to grits and biscuits party man like it is bro, I,
1: I went i went in 2012 when i moved out to new york for like a year and i met one of the baddest chicks i ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and we was in there Wall to wall, sweating. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Boss the party at three in the morning, like, you know.
3: Man, like, that's the one thing, bro, about this pandemic that really, I mean, just those, just that era of like parties that were like, you know, social media driven, like self-sustained like events that, you know, as the nightlife sort of like ended, not ended, but like changed in New York City, the real events were like these things that like people you knew were just throwing like your grits and biscuits, your brunch bounces, Henny palooza slash do palooza. like, those are the things that everybody wants to be at. So, and obviously the world's changed so much. I don't know when we we'll be able to get that again, but definitely grits, bro. Love, love, uh, easy, mo breezy. My guys.
1: <laughs> Kobe ending his career on a 60 piece or tiger winning the masters in his forties.
3: Ooh, Man, that Kobe 60 piece hits so different now. Like, when you watch it, it's almost like... It's like watching the last episode of a TV show. It's like, there's no way this is real. Like, you got every famous person in the crowd. You got Kobe, like, winking to his daughters. Like, it's just... It's like a movie, man. God bless Gordon Hayward and the Jazz for like laying it (laughs) for for taking that dive that night, bro. We needed that, we needed our proper goodbye. Nobody gave a damn if the Jazz would have won that game (laughs) that day. Might have moved them to this
2: day, bro. If they to this this day,
3: bro, like I still got smoke for Sean Marion for messing up MJ's last all star game. Why (laughs) would you foul? Why would you foul foul Kobe? Let MJ get that walk off, man. We (laughs) could.
1: The Wire or Snowfall?
3: Oh man, I'm gonna go The Wire because I still haven't seen Snowfall yet, bro. Like yeah. I feel I feel so out the loop, and I feel like you know right now is the time for me to binge watch it and, and get caught up because you know I want to be able to laugh at Twitter jokes with everybody else. <laughs> uh, but The Wire for me, man, I'm I, it's, to me the best show next to Breaking Bad ever created. So I'm I'm, the, I'm gonna go The Wire. Agreed.
1: Um, Saturday night or Sunday morning? Ooh.
3: Ooh, I'm... It's a good question. I'm going to go Sunday morning. I'm going to go Sunday morning, man. Like, I love just being able to, you know... My my Saturday night days are very tame now, Mm -hmm. but Sunday mornings are the best when you could just wake up know you ain't got to do shit for like a couple hours you know what i mean and yeah. you know just being lazy as hell like i love a lazy sunday over a lit saturday any day any day
1: gen x or gen z
3: gen z bro i think am not gen z is that what is that what we classify ourselves at
1: I think we're the we're in the middle we're the millennials Oh, or we're millennials. We're millennials right
3: right right Gen Z's are like the tiktokers and stuff right like yeah nah tiktok is tiktok is dope because like I learned so much about like government history because like teenagers are bored <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you know what, if I had this I would have yeah. got hella good grades in school like this is definitely you know we were all taught that cell phones and technology was gonna you know cause us to be more stupid which I'm sure is the case for some but I'm like I learned a lot of shit that i Definitely wouldn't learn this school <laughs> because of TikTok. So yeah, nah, and the Gen Z is leading that leading that charge. So I'm gonna go with them.
1: Coming to America or Super Bad?
3: Coming to America. Coming to America. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's still classic. And I love super bad, but come on. That's it's hard to put two bad bitches next to each other, but <laughs> coming to America for sure. Uh, Russ or Dame? Dame. Dame and I love Russ. I love Russ. Like Russ and Dame, Russ and Dame are like the point guards and like I'll judge you if you don't fuck with them category. It was like, how you don't how you I how ain't you got love for Russ, like I you got love for Dame. So I love them both, but Dame dollar just, you know. He plays he plays this sort of game that like I wish I could play like if I was like hooping like that, <laughs> you know. Plays yeah. a very like admirable looking game. Russell's game looks like it's hard to do. Like, That's a lot of energy you're expending, man. Like I'd rather just pull from forty and wave to people. <laughs> that looks fun. Um, please advise or per my last email. Oh, per my last email, I will per my last email to you quickly. <laughs> like that is my that is my joint. I'm I'm a follow up fiend, bro. <laughs> and uh, it's it's my favorite microaggression because you know if you could do it in real life, you'd be t- you'd be really telling people like. Yo, was you not listening? Is you slow, stupid, or dumb? Like, that's what you're really trying to say. Exactly. But professionally. But professionally. So you got to make that work.
1: <laughs> All right. And the last one, we outside or say less?
3: Oh, say less. Come on, man. You ain't going to. You no, know, I got to put the brand over.
1: <laughs>
3: We're not. Absolutely
1: for sure that was the one of the two
4: lucy nicotine is a company founded by caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck Researched and developed for three years to be made for people not patients lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors wintergreen Cinnamon and ooh pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even at the gym. People, it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down right now. Bomb listeners. That's right. This podcast is to listening to black opinions better. You guys all go to Lucy.co and use promo code B O M to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's Lucy. L U C Y. Dot C O and use promo code B-O-M at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code B-O-M.
2: Man, that was that was good, man. You had some you had some good ones, man. You made him think.
3: Man, yeah. listen, that was fun. I, I, didn't, I wasn't even expecting any of that, but that was hella fun. Yeah, you made, it. You, made it. you put in the work on that one. <laughs> nice.
2: All right, young Cass. Yeah. Tell us about playing trombone in school. Oh man.
3: All right. So I used to play slide trombone uh back in like fourth or fifth grade, right? So i I went to middle school in Staten Island. Lots of lots of white folks, but you know, I'm son of immigrants, you know what I mean? Like my mom, mom and dad. First, uh, like fresh, like, you know, immigrated here from Nigeria and, uh, you know, it was really like a lot of culture shock, like starting to like meet people that were necessarily like in my in my background and like certain ways that I wanted to, you know, learn to do stuff or, or kind of fit in was participating in as much like group activities as possible. So like, that's why I got into like lots of sports. That's why I got into hooping and playing ball. But like, you know, they, we had a band in our in our, in our school and I uh, signed up for band and I was one of the taller kids in the school so once I signed up for band, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to, you know, play this, the saxophone and be smooth like Bleeding Goes Murphy on The Simpsons. And like, you know, what I mean, like it's a sax- great character, by the way, fantastic character. Right. And that's who, like, inspired me to like want to play the saxophone. But when I went to go try out for saxophone, they was like, yo, your arms are real long and tall. You should probably play the trombone. And I'm like, I don't want to play the trombone. I want to play the saxophone. The saxophone is cool as hell. They're like, you know, like your finger dexterity. I'm like, what's wrong with my fingers? Like, why can't I? So they're like, really just trying to gas me to play like the big, like heavy uh, instruments, right? Like, it, so was, wait, either this, it was either you this have
2: you have to have like a certain stature to play these type of instruments, apparently? basically, yeah, right. That's oh. what
3: they was trying to g me on. So I mean, obviously, like the the instruments that they had, they kind of in and, and so many words, like rented it to you as a student and you brought it back at the end of the uh, semester. So, uh, you know, they you know keep it in the school or whatever for it to keep the band together, right? But you wrote down the choices of instruments and I had saxophone on top and everyone was like, oh man, you should play like the, the baritone. I'm like, there's nothing smooth about the baritone at all, at all. Like that joint is hella heavy. Like you can't even like dance with it or like do any moves. Like you have to sit there and play that joint. Right. So I'm like, I'm for sure not playing the baritone and they're not letting me play the saxophone. So I'm like, all right, I guess my, my long arms are going to have to do, I'm going to play the trombone. And uh, I was hella nice at it. I was first chair. I played mad songs. I still know the notes to this day. Like it's kind of like riding a bike. Um, and the older I got, I mean, I didn't play. I hadn't played much like in high school or college or whatever. But the older I got, the more cooler the trombone seemed to me because I saw it in a lot of like marching bands, like HBCU bands to see how how they freaked it. And I was like, damn, if I knew that, like when I was in third or fourth grade, I would have stuck with this because this is kind of tight. But that was one of my biggest hobbies, though, man. I was hella nice at it. I was first chair. I killed like four or five talent shows like my, people knew when I was coming up I was about to you know what I mean you know when I had my solos like I was the only black dude in the band so like they knew that to give me a little you know I, I'll do your notes like I know how to hit the notes for the band teacher but I'm gonna put my own little pizzazz on it because I wanted to I wanted to stand out so uh it was fun though man I love I love playing trombone and I love like kind of like trying to create music uh as a kid back there it was mad fun
2: that's how we normally get jiggy man but the way (laughs) the way how you was explaining um how they like was trying to get you to choose another instrument was kind of similar to me like running track right yeah I know nothing about running track so like I just was trying to increase my vertical leap a little bit more going Uh into college so my senior year I pull up And the coach is like, yeah, you know, yeah, you can, you know, long jump or whatever. (laughs) Bruh, I went out there. We probably worked on that shit twice. (laughs) Next day, he like, oh, yeah, hit the track. I'm like, hit the track? What you mean? He like, yeah, you're going to be running uh, the 200 and the 400. You got some long legs. Mm. Bam. (laughs) <laughs> I, running year. I ran track that year, dog, but I got, like, finessed. I thought it was going to be high jumping.
3: Oh, man. Nah, man. You know, that's I, – I got finessed the running uh, cross country in college oh, for this, in the same way, the same way. Like, our basketball team was straight, but they were, like – our coach was, like, had to deal with, like, the track and field coach. I was like, yo, uh, some of our freshmen and sophomores, we're going to send to make sure that – you know what I mean? They got, they got, you know, some track. So all I, started, all I heard was track and field. I'm thinking, okay. The we'll short run, the, the short little sprints yeah. and stuff like that. They had me running cross country, bro. Like against other people who went to school for cross country. <laughs> like, hey, it was-
2: the sickest thing about cross country, it is not sweet. So anytime all. I would come to track practice uh, late or like I was just, you know, getting smart with my coach, he would sign me up for cross country. Um, and I didn't know that when you be running in that little pack, by the time you're trying to finish up the meters, they be throwing elbows in there. Yeah. It get real shisty in that it's, thing. It's
3: it's very it's it's very I thought it was just like a smooth, just kind of run, like run your race, run your like lanes or whatever. But like I'm thinking, all right, there's no real referees out here. Like if people run into you know, jab me a little bit on the side. Like, they get away with it. Like, you're running in between fields and trees and all this other stuff. Like, I did not, you know, I, I must have ran, like, two races for, for, for my college. And I was like, yo, coach, one, if you gonna bench men. me, bench me. But I ain't doing, <laughs> I ain't doing this again. That's a, that's a
2: fact. You was more bold than me because I just was like, all right, you got it. Um, <laughs> what's your relationship with uh, Backyard Wrestling?
3: Oh, man. Dude, so I was like, uh, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Right. And, um, you know, again, growing up in Staten Island, uh, you know, having young, crazy white friends, you know what I mean, as well. Uh, I watched a whole lot of ECW and, uh, you know, a lot of illegal pro wrestling. Like, there yeah. was this whole world of, like, WWF that kind of felt like, you know, the big time, like, you know, Broadway stage show. And when I was around like 11, 12 years old, 10, 11, 12 years old, probably, I started like, and this is like at the boom of really like the internet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so this might be like the year 2000, I want to say, 1999. And I am starting to find like these tapes and like these, these videos of like ECW tapes in New Japan and like people jumping off of rings and landing on tables and stuff like that. And even, like, these backyard dudes who was doing crazy stuff. So I was like, yo, I want to try that. So me and my wrestling friends, we would, like, we had, like, a little park that we went to go wrestle at in, in uh, you know, near our uh, near our homes or whatever. And it had, a, a fence around it. So on the outside looking in, it looked like a little steel cage, right? <laughs> so, like, we would have match cards. Like, we would, like, book you know wrestling matches with each other and you know i was more of like yo i'm the big dude so i'm just gonna be doing moves y'all ain't just gonna be like just you know beating me up or whatever <laughs> like i'll take a little i'll take a little chair or right and that but you're not gonna pick up a slam because a lot of people couldn't one and two like you know i was just people just really wanted to get thrown through tables so they would bring like the little patio tables, like mm-hmm. little, you know, all like a little, we, we got money together and got like one of them real ass like tables, not the gimmick tables. That they so use wait, on
2: TV. so wait, y'all out here yeah. looking like Buffalo Bills tailgating.
3: Yo, dead that, that ass. That's nah, exactly huh? what we was doing, bro. Nah. That is exactly <laughs> what we was doing. It was about, and my mom used to get so Tight, she's like, Yo, if I catch you out here wrestling with these stupid little boys, you're gonna kneel down and face the <laughs> wall. So I was like, All right, my fault, my fault. <laughs> I'm never gonna do it did,
1: y- did y'all have characters?
3: Uh, no, uh, yes, yes. Oh my goodness gracious, you're about to embarrass me. So, <laughs> my favorite wrestler, my favorite wrestler back in the day was X Pac, right? Sean <laughs> Charles- Waltman, man, one, two, three, kid. You know, what I mean, he was <laughs> a he's an OG in DX. So I used to call myself K-pop because oh, I, wow. be, I wanted to be part of, of DX or whatever. So I would come out. I would have the same, you know, we had a little boombox. So we would play, like, the remixed D-Generation X music that Run DMC did. Like, that was my entrance music. You know what I mean? I'd come out, talk my shit. And, you know, we had the, my friend. His name was Jason. And he was, like... The dude that took wrestling the hella serious like he was the dude that I was like yo nah I mean like I was just messing around I'm just sitting there like just you know playing and just having fun my friend Jason was like nah bro like I'm gonna I'm gonna make it like I'm gonna videotape this like people gonna see me Vince gonna call me up in like five or ten years and I'm, and I'm gonna make it so like he was on i would bring like buy these tables buy these chairs and he would like what to get fucked up he'd be like yo he would want to get put through tables. He'd want to jump off the cage, do backflips, all this type of stuff. He was wild as hell. And uh, I remember I, I I put him through a table off of the off of the, the the top of the fence. So he went like maybe like maybe like eight feet off the ground.
2: That's crazy. I
3: put him through a patio table, and we heard that shit break, and we saw a bunch of I guess like kids might have been. Our parents might have been watching us, and they didn't know what was going on. Oh wow! So, it looked <laughs> so like we, we just ran for it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's crazy. So we went through the table and just ran for it because people thought we was really fighting and shit. Oh, and uh, that was the last time I backyard wrestled. So
2: uh, I remember kcal nine. You know, it's local 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 uh, news channel uh, in LA.
3: Yeah, it
2: was they showed ECW. Yeah, and cats was just like you know, and then the backyard inter- the internet situ- sen- uh, sensation shit, where niggas was jumping off of the the roofs, yeah, and just slamming yeah. and shit like that. So I was like crazy WWF. I'm like HBK, DX, same, you know what same. I'm saying. Um, also WCW and WO and shit like that. And it was one year. Like I'm always amazed that y'all like obviously still going. You know what I mean, holding it down for the for the for the OGs. Yeah, and you know still being committed. I respect that. But I think once I hit thirteen, I kind of tapped out. Yeah. But I think around eleven and twelve, shout out to my man Anthony. Anthony mom's like was spoiled homie, and she would order all the pay per view events. Mm-hmm. And you know they used to show on like a Sunday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sunday so, nights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we would go over his crib, and my grandma would pick me up after the last little joint. So we would watch all that shit, right? So I'm at Aunt Crib, like yo, you you know order pizza, you know gas his mom up, but she was uh-huh. just happy because. I don't even think the the homie was just different. You know, I grew up in Compton, so like <laughs> wrestling in Compton is kind of like yeah, it's two you different worlds. There. Like, we yeah, often, we, you know, what I mean, they might be looking at us like we bugging or whatever. But I, I also hooped. But like yeah. I had like so many friends in school that like I tapped in with everybody. So like Anthony was like he didn't really make too many friends. He was kind of socially awkward. Mm-hmm. But our connection was wrestling. So when we were on the wrestling, bro, I got suspended from school for the first time in my life, fifth grade, <laughs> right fifth yeah. grade they um they they said they accused me of um starting a gang bro oh man so i uh oh man <laughs> so i did w i did the um the wolf pack bro the wolf pack wo <laughs> so grandma. you all wear red and black right so, no no here's the thing so okay. i i went to a private school in Compton and uh, first christian day school but on Thursdays we have free dress and my grandma went to Target, bro, and bought me the... I, I got the Wolfpack shirt in there, too, by the way. But I had the Wolfpack shirt, so I wore it. I'm walking around hitting niggas with the wolf. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, also, listen, I'm also Beanie Seagull, like, get down and lay down type shit. Like, you ain't rolling. You know what I'm saying? And the school only went to sixth grade, so, like, you got to think about it, It's like, it's 10 niggas that's, like, fifth graders. And the rest is like, yo, you know what I'm saying? So, it was crazy. I'm walking around recruiting niggas, but, like, we doing moves on concrete. Oh shit. So here's here's the thing. So here's the thing. This is where it went wrong, bro. Yeah. And, I, and I bro, I tried to hide. They suspended me some more. Hold on. So this is after I came back from suspension. I did the pedigree on cement. But I didn't oh, like, I, hey, but I ain't oh, but I ain't getting cushioned. I ain't getting like cushioned.
3: So what's so face versus the concrete? Damn. No. Oh, Listen,
2: he got up, his teeth out, his nose bleeding. <laughs> I'm shaking. Cause I'm thinking I'm about to go to jail. I'm like, bro, like, what, what, what happened? Like, nah, on on the wrestling shit, it don't work like this. But how, you know, like, what? You know what I mean? like, I'm trying you. to, I'm trying to understand it all. You're supposed man. to gimmick the knees, bro. Yeah, You're I'm, to protect- I'm, I'm panicking, bro. Like, but that was like, not my. This how I knew wrestling wasn't for me because. I grew I hung out with older dudes, right? Like cats was yeah. like 16, 17, but they was on some thirsty shit. They try and show me porn. They trying to get me to walk with them to go talk to some chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wrestling with the, the nine and 10-year-old. I'm 12, tw- 12, and <laughs> a half wrestling with the 19-year-olds, fucking them up, bro. Like sharpshooter, like yeah. I could have broke their little back, bro. I'm in there slamming shit, like thinking that shit tight. Oh, and I remember man. the homie called me over across the street, like, Damn, you too old. You need to go get the ball, like blah blah. Like, what's wrong with you? And I never like it, it took the whole cool out my it. shit, and I just tapped out. But but man, that was some of the funnest times of my life, bro. Cause like you know, it was pure. You really bro. thought that shit was real, you know. what I'm saying nigga, bro. We went to Carl's Jr. and got ketchup packages, my nigga. And I punched the nigga with the ketchup package to make it look now like the he was. That shit was lit, dog. It was so tight. I miss those times so much. But like, once I turned thirteen, it was strictly hoop. I got oh, like I man. got straight to it. Like I'm I'm too cool for all that. But <laughs> I miss it, man. Cause, so I just actually text somebody, my home Jordan. At uh she she's at a uh, at the agency with me. Mm-hmm. She um was telling me about you know like obviously. Oh,
3: I think I ran into Jordan. At, yeah, uh, at, 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 at Tampa. At
1: the,
2: yeah, at the WrestleMania joint. She was yeah, there, yeah. But she was putting me on, like, you know, like, yo, you need to go get um Peacock so you can tap in like that. And then I'm like, damn, Bad Bunny
3: wrestling. Like, I'm so far removed, my nigga. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Wrestling, yeah, bro. Know. Bad bunny was at WrestleMania this year, bro. And he's don't like he gotta, a, don't able. he got a belt? Yeah, he was he was the 24-7 champion for a minute. And then he lost it. He gave it back or whatever. But uh, yeah, now nah, like it's funny you say that because like within wrestling circles, like you know, this is how you know like there's such a there's such a divide when it comes to like cool shit and like well yeah bro, you know like when I, when cool, I first
2: right? got on Twitter, bro, like I was discovering it's kind of clicky, but it's not. But it's yeah. also like the irony of this show that we all grew up the same, so you always gonna see like. A nigga like getting a thumbtack and poking it through his finger. Mm. Be like, oh nigga, I did that too. Or like, <laughs> you know, like I tweeted the other day, like nigga I got suspended for giving a nigga a rip, like grabbing a nigga back in the neck and doing and pulling. Yeah, like, pulling yeah. Head.
3: Nigga said, oh I did that too, bro. But you got suspended. I'm like, yeah, dog. Like I was. Bro, I used it. to go around hitting people with the RKO, bro. Like out of nowhere, yeah, man, <laughs> bro. And, like, they people with stone cold stunners, like every. Everybody did one. Everybody
1: got something. Niggas used to walk in Fairfax, bro, down the hall. And give niggas so-called stunners. Like yeah, niggas would be that's crazy. The locker like niggas on the football team would just come and get you. And, ah, and just uh, like the, what, the like, fact that that's happening in high
2: school is a little wild. Though. I would have killed me. Bro,
1: <laughs> bro, bro, niggas, were, niggas were out of pocket like violent to each other <laughs> in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, you the you ever think of, like way, the dumb what? stuff
3: you did in high school? That oh, was for sure. Like, yo, if somebody did this to me as a grown man, bro, like remember, like back in the day, like if. We used to do baggies. We used to do snatchies. We used to do, like, yo, if you have, like, a snack. You, you don't a want s- that. If you got a snack in your left hand, we smack it up your head. Oh, that's, yo. a, that's
1: a
2: for, play.
3: For you do that to me now, bro, I might chase you down
2: the street and pull a hamstring. <laughs> yeah.
1: Imagine a grown man snacking a <laughs> fucking chopped cheese down hey, your head. You don't
2: want that? <laughs> oh, my God. Look, could you imagine? I, I might want to do a series like that, but I don't know. I want to live. because
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Yo, I, you I'm know like... what's funny? You know my guy Lowkey, right? yeah. <laughs> Low Key, right? Yeah. Low Key, does an Apple music or whatever. I think he was the last person I did that to. Um this might have been this guy this is a while ago. It's gotta be like 2010 or whatever. And <laughs> he had he was eating something. I think it was my boy Cam who did it. He's eating something, he was eating like a burger or a pizza or top something, and he was down to the very last piece of the burger, whatever he was eating. And just as he was <laughs> about to eat, it, <laughs> slap the shit out of his like, you know, hand. Uh, Then the shit bounced and went to a sewer. (laughs) I think this was about to fight.
2: Hey, I believe it, bro. I believe it. I believe it. It was so
3: funny because I'm like, yo, we do this all the time. Like, yo, he really tight. Like, the low was really, really aggy, bro. Like, he was. But you got to understand.
2: Think about if something like really bomb. (laughs) <laughs> like you know for one first so race, he's
3: down to his last bite like you know he was enjoying it and it ain't as good until you finish the whole thing so you're like Cass, about think life. about
2: like you waited 45 minutes for DoorDash <laughs> your food there and you like halfway in your shit and you grubbing and then niggas just hit from under and flip it up <laughs> I'm losing it yeah. cause you think about no, it is you just can order it again it's like, a it again, again that's a problem that's a problem
3: bro <laughs> man we could talk
2: about that for hours um tell me about
3: uh you writing yeah so i mean i've always been uh obviously i mean i play i play sports play a lot of sports growing up but my parents always like drilled into me that like you gotta be able to do something in the classroom like whatever it is like you gotta be able to utilize like chase all these athletic goals or whatever but just know you gotta have something that's that's your shit and for me it was writing like I wasn't that great of a math student, Uh, science was too confusing for me, but, you know, I got by or whatever, but writing was where I always, like, you know, um, that's why always I did well in school, like, I could could write you anything, especially if it's something creative, right, and, you know, because I would do it on my downtime, like, I would just write, you know, comic book stories, I would write, like, just little, I would make up characters in my head, and, like, you know just write out like 20 30 40 page like stories about people's lives like they were basically like loose scripts or whatever but like i wasn't thinking about it like that i was just thinking like yo i just like to write I just like to get these thoughts out of my head and like put them into something creative that um either i could read or somebody else could read like if i got a chance to present it man like i, I would really get into my bag and like perform the hell out of it like i'm like i'm pitching a script to somebody you know what I mean like I didn't I didn't look at it like that then when I was in you know fourth or fifth grade or sixth grade seventh grade whatever but you know that was like a tool that like I carried with me throughout like all of my career like I was always able to you know creatively like concept something and then just get it down on paper and present it you know like that was where that's what always that's where I always got my kicks out of and I think that helped me a lot in you know my journalism career, being at the source and doing Stashed and being on Hip Hop Wire. I think that helped me a lot uh, at BR doing TV shows for MTV, um, doing TV for WWE. Like I just always love being a creative and just getting my thoughts on paper and hoping that people can like and just enjoy the stories that I tell. You know what I mean, like even if they were made up even if they were like stuff like based on people that I knew like I would people watch a lot too like and make up stories in my head about like two people and what they're going through like that was just that was just always my thing and um I, and, and I caught on to it pretty pretty early too like I, I was like reading and writing by the time I was like two years old like two or three years old. so like something stupid young like my parents I was I had like some like mental level like genius in me as a kid and then like I just Threw it into like pop culture and like you know stuff that I like, like basketball, football, and stuff. But you know, I was just it's just something I always just love to do, and it was always like a tool that I could use anywhere I was in my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, for sure. uh, What do you like writing more, uh, wrestling or music? Um, so it's different with me, man. So, like in music, the way I wrote in music is. Way different the way I wrote in in, in wrestling because I kind of always when I was in my writing bag for for music blogs and like magazines and stuff like that. I always told myself I'm only gonna write about the music that I connect to, right? And it's it's a young man's game, and I look back at my time. Writing about like artists that I grew up with and like kind of grew with like your Wale's, your J. Cole's, your Big Shawns and Wizzes and like kind of telling those stories and like leaving it there kind of feels more special to me than you know creating something for TV or creating something for WWE or creating something for any sort of like you know uh, uh, you know campaign or something like that right like. The music writing just came from a more honest place because I would never try and tell whoever's reading my stuff how they should feel about, you know, the way an artist or a rapper was putting a song together, putting an album together, but just how I felt about it. And I feel like a lot of people connected to it. I feel like um, a lot of people that read my stuff uh, knew where I was coming from. And, you know, you really, I really got to see how much that, resonated with people as social media began to to rise, right? Like seeing, getting that sort of instant feedback from people around the world, the artists themselves, and, you know, people that consume that sort of media on whether you were good or not. And there's, there's no satisfaction like that, right? Like there's one thing, if you're writing for WWE, the satisfaction that I got from that was, you know, rehearsing something with a talent, Not knowing if it's going to be good, bad, fans are going to cheer, boo, get the story, be confused, whatever. That adrenaline before you, like, walk the wrestler into the back and get on the headset and Vince is, like, standing across from you and, like, all these. And there's a million things going on. There's 30,000 people outside, like, getting ready to go crazy. And, you know that's a different satisfaction because it's a, it's an adrenaline rush. It's like, oh man, it's going to be good. Are they going to boo it? Are they going to cheer it? Are they going to fuck with it? Are they not like, you know, and then when you, when you hit that, like when you hit certain, when you write in something and like the crowd reacts and you got them hooked that, that that's a rush. Like you, you cannot describe, like, it is like, it's like hitting the, it's like getting like a a, a clutch jumper or a big right. hit. Like, cause it's the same reaction. Like, the crowd right. erupts. They roar. It's the same right. arena that, like, every team that you root for is playing in, and right. you 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 conjured up the same emotion with your mind and your pen that other right. people get for dunking a basketball or hitting a home right. run. It's 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 an incredible experience. But yeah, like, me personally, like
1: song, right, like yes, and, perfor- and performing that song in front of people who you've never met or never seen, and they have this. Adulation for you for something that you just made in a room by yourself. Yeah, and you go somewhere and you're like, "What? All these people know this shit and they love it."
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like it's like uh, it's even more fun because you're nobody. You don't get credit. You know what I mean? If it goes right, (laughs) you only get (laughs) you only get blame if it goes wrong. So like, if it's ass. Everyone's like, God damn! Who put that? Like, who wrote that? <laughs> like, who put that segment yeah. together? But if it goes good, like the the best yeah. the best victory is the sweet silence. Like, if nobody's wondering, everyone's just so happy that that segment with those performers and those wrestlers did really well. It's a phenomenal feeling, and yeah. uh, you get to re- retain that sort of anonymity and being like, oh man, like that was you know, it's 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 bliss. It's great. <laughs> If you were to write a book, what would it be about? Oh, man. I mean, I definitely do want to write, like, a memoir one day. You know, I feel like I've I've experienced, like, so many different lives, you know? Like, I I, I feel like between, you know, music and hip-hop and The Source to, you know, working with Steve Stout with Stash to, you know, being at, at, at BR and, you know, with Marshawn Lynch and then Going from doing stuff out uninterrupted with Braun and then, you know, the whole seven, eight, nine years that we did Palooza to uh WWE years to you know Flagrant 2 podcast to now my own podcast. Like, you know, it's I've just I feel like I've I've met a lot of people. I've been on some like Black Forest gump shit for a lot of things and just happened to be at the right place at the right time and being like, I can't believe I'm I'm here. There's been I've been in so many situations where I'm just blessed to be in the room, or blessed to be like help tell a story, or be at a situation where like, you know, you're you're one of the the voices that a lot of your a lot of Knicks fans see in the year where the Knicks are finally good, right? <laughs> like the year that the Knicks finally get it right after these big games, after these big home games, like they cut to you. You know what I mean? Right. Like. I, it's it's such a departure from, like, how I started my career where it's, like, yeah. I don't know how I was going to get there, but, you know, I got there. Same thing with WWE. Like, I didn't know, like, having an interest in wrestling, doing, like, backyard wrestling with my friends and, you know, loving watching, like, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan as a kid would lead to me, like, working, like, directly with Vince McMahon and, like, Triple H. I didn't know that, you know, this stuff would, like, lead me to directly working at a company founded by LeBron James. Like... You know, it's just so many, you know, so many twists and turns that, like, I would love to be able to give, you know, those experiences to somebody because I feel like a lot of things I was told was you had to kind of pick something and stick with it and, and, and do that until, you know, you get the, the picket fence and the, 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 the kids and all that type of stuff. And I'd want people to, to see my story and my career trajectory and be like, nah, just do what the fuck you feel like. Like, if you got some passion behind it and you like it, and you think you can put the energy to do it, do it. Like, I got to tour with my best friends for seven years, squirting, like, cognac in people's mouths. <laughs> and like, and and having the biggest artists on the planet, like, perform at a party that started in the basement. You know, like, and, and to go from that to, you know, being an yeah. editor of one of the greatest, I mean, one of the longest-running hip-hop publications in history. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's it so many... Boxes I've gotten to check off of life, and I would love for people to see that and be like, "Yo, if he did that, I could do that too." Because it's so fun, I never feel like I'm working. Everyone's always like, "Yo, you do so many things. Like, how do you find time?" I'm like, "Yo, I don't feel like I'm working. I would do a lot of this stuff for free. I'm not, but (laughs) I'm glad that I'm glad to do it because this is what I've always dreamt about doing."
2: Well, Cass, I definitely want to give you your flowers, bro, because. Um, you are one of the ty- you're one of the people that I could say that we don't have a uh, a blueprint of how we do things. Yeah. But anytime I go somewhere, your name is in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's always funny. It's like, yo, I remember uh uh shouts to uh, AP and and, and Hawking and them when I was going to uninterrupted and doing stuff with them. Yeah. I'd be like, yo, you know, you know, Kaz, I'm like. I see them a lot, you know what I mean, Didn't I start, you know what I mean, like bouncing around and, you know, doing, you know, being in different spaces and they're like, yo, we are we, 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 uh, thinking about bringing in? Cause I'm like, do it. <laughs> because at the yeah. end of the day, for one, you know, um, with you doing these things also, not only are you open, you, you leaving the door open for people like me and others that are, are creatives and, you know, constantly doing things, but then also it's mm-hmm. inspiration as well as when you look at in a situation of, um, you know, uh, for others to see, like, there's no box, there's no ceiling yeah. for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how you said, the excitement of, like, you know, being a writer, doing this, and then, like, the ideas that you think, when you're just a natural creative, like, it, it's not impossible. It's just, when is it going to happen? Yeah. In those certain situations, like, it's, it's it, it should never be an all to you. Yeah. Because... It's in you. You feel yeah. me? Like you can't explain it. Like what I, I still be like bugging out sometimes, like yo, I covered the NBA. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: like bro. Like, but it did? It's, it's crazy, man. Like I I, I completely 100 percent get where you're coming from because you know like hearing that is, is dope. Like, you know, like even like talking it through in my own head, I'm like, damn, that that's that's like who who would have thought? Who would've known? I still I'm still like I still pinch myself that like MSG got a whole home studio in my, in my crib to broadcast like Nick games. Like I still got to pinch myself that like I go past the team that I root for. And it's like a billboard of, of me, you know what I mean? Like with my host. like it's, it's like, it's funny you bring up Hawk. I see. I seen Hawk post something today on Instagram and Twitter about like kind of like his home setup and how he's done for like NFL Network and like uninterrupted and all that. And Hawk is like an inspiration to me, dude, because he says something that's like, uh,
2: "Oh, he's the best, bro." Is it impossible
3: or is it hard? Like, if it's impossible, don't waste my time. But if it's, but we we don't run from hard. I'm not afraid of hard. So like, so that sort of thinking leads you to be able to kick open different doors and, and showing people that, yo, you could do this. And I love that to keep doors open for people. Like, I always wanna be able to, you know, turn around and, and hand another opportunity to somebody or hand another situation to somebody and be like, listen, like I've done this, I know you can do it. And, you know, it's being a creative just never stops. Like it's, it's the one, it's the one job. I wouldn't even call it a job. It's the one sort of like calling that like you're never fully off the clock if you're doing it right. You know what I mean? Like you're always just kind of going to see what's the next sort of situation or possibility that can like lead you to continuing to create. You just never stop, you know? And um, it's fun at the end of the day. I feel like deep down underneath all this stuff, like you want to be able to have fun with life as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And the times you could bring your fun to work or, you know, Part of your work is bringing fun to people. Like, I don't think there's a, there's a, there's a better way to sort of live your life, man. Like, especially if, if creating is what you want to do. Yeah, that's facts. So we got one question that we asked all our guests. Um, What advice would you give your 18 year old self? Damn. All right. Let me remember who I was at 18, 18 years old. I had just graduated St. Patrick's high school. I'm thinking I'm going to go to D2 for a couple of years for four years and go play overseas. <laughs> um, I'm gonna tell my 18 year old self that uh, you should probably go play basketball at another school. For one. <laughs> and two, um, don't let any, don't forget any of this experience cause you're gonna need all of it. You know, like I feel like since I didn't make a career out of basketball, a lot of people just stop trying to have a career in basketball, but I still got a career in basketball, even though I'm not playing, you know, like I would say to myself, continue to have fun. And if you're not having fun with something or you don't think something's fair or you don't think something is feels right or smells right, trust your instinct, trust your gut, don't second guess it. Because it took me a while to like stop second guessing myself. And I think a lot of eighteen year olds or a lot of, you know, young black men could, could could relate to that. You know, we as black men, especially as a young black man, kinda feel like if you don't follow a certain guideline or if you're not hitting certain marks at a certain age that you're failing. And I wish I could tell myself that, you know, way back when. So I didn't put so much pressure on myself. I used to have terrible anxiety. You know what I mean? I used to have like fucking real life anxiety attacks before like big basketball games, before big projects, before, you know, big moments in my life, because I always wanted, you know, things to be right. Like I couldn't even fathom like things going wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom losing a game. I couldn't fathom like having a bad game. I couldn't fathom, uh, you know, blowing a project or any of that stuff. I would tell myself to relax, trust your instincts, trust your gut, because, you know, once I started doing that, it didn't really steer me wrong like it really got me in the rooms and places that i never thought i could be and uh having success there uh made made everything is making currently making everything you know wonderful in my life
2: oh man you know we love to hear it bro uh, you know you always welcome back on the show
3: man, um, i appreciate it. that bro
1: definitely me, bro. for sure i uh, am um, say so your 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 how it's uh starting and how it's going with you
3: throwing the hat off the uh the roof. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: they like, me every time for the yeah. Porzingis. Uh, yeah. Tingus Pingus. Tingus Pingus. Look at him now though. Look at him Look now, at him. Huh? Uh, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hate on poor Zingas. I hope he's healthy or whatever. But the Knicks did win that trade though.
2: Not <laughs> Dude, yeah. not long term for sure man, yes, man thank you again bro
3: appreciate y'all Trey appreciate you James thank you so much man y'all take it easy bro. Yeah, bro.
0: growing up the same wins the game